senior pastor, Pastor Chris, taking on um, another topic on our everyday carry. So over to you, Chris. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Uh, you can tell lots of things are happening. Hello, test, test, test. All right. Uh, yeah, lots of things happening um, at church. I love actually how we are a relational church. You may not know this, but I wasn't born the senior pastor of FGA. <laughs> you haven't been a pastor my whole life. I grew up in this church. And our hope is actually, if you're visiting today, if you're just kind of new to our church, that church will not be for you a service or an organization or the sum total of the programs we run, but that it would be a relationally connected body of Christ. That means that we would love one another as brothers and sisters, that we would know one another and that we would have that we would build one another up and so that's why I love the stories that we're telling um, because they're real world things we know Hubert we know Luther we've known Quinton uh, and I want to invite you into that even in our service today even as you've come and maybe you don't know that many people I, I hope you will take the time to get to know people here in the church because it's really our main thing and I know you think food is our main thing but it only serves a purpose I'm very functional with food like as long as our food is serving a purpose we'll have it but if people are just eating food and then leaving because the real thing about what we do as a church is really we are the connected body of Christ and COVID let's just be really honest about it, COVID's taken a hit on relationships. And so uh, as I begin, would you join me in praying? Father, we thank you that you model connectedness, that you're, you as the Trinity even are so well connected, that you so loved us, that you connected with us, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, even as I speak your word today, even as we practically do things today to improve our connection, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide us into wisdom. We commit this into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, uh, I'm going to go reasonably quick today. Uh, we're still going to go till about 11.40 or thereabouts. The good news is after we are done, we've got snacks outside. You get to hang around a fair bit more and, and check out all the different stalls. But we um, last week started a series called Everyday carry and that wisdom is something that we need to carry around with us every day um you know it's a i actually had many edc conversations after church and uh guys coming up to me and opening their bag saying oh look at what's in my bag it's really weird um but you know there's this thing and the reason why we call it everyday carriers, we, we believe that wisdom is something that we have to remember to take with us every day the wisdom is not just something that you learn about in Sunday school if you learn and then you just leave it at home while you go outside and you live your life. So wisdom needs to be carried around with us every day. Last week we did wallet, right? Everybody walks out of their house or with a wallet or even their, their, their watch that can pay for things, right? 
And so thank you so much. I actually got an extraordinary amount of, of positive feedback from last Sunday's sermon. Maybe we should preach about money more often. I, I don't know. But I actually heard that some parents were forwarding the sermon to their children. Uh, because maybe they, they think they're not spending too much money frivolously. I don't know. Uh, look, happy to do the teaching for you, but honestly, money needs to be something that we all are talking about because it affects us. It affects how we use our money, affects even the world around it. And so I spoke about how we are like a charity. We were created for good works. And I'm so glad, actually, like we did, uh, I think we raised 3000 something for uh, Susan and Litmore, you know, to help with the floods. Like, we talked about being a bloated charity, or we don't like bloated charities. That's why I love Susan and Litmore, because we've got relationship with them. They're not, 80% of the $3,000 we gave to them is not going to them, and then only 20% goes to help those affected by the floods. I don't think they're even taking 20%. I can't imagine them saying to me, oh, thank you for the 3000 We forwarded on 2400 and we kept $600 for ourselves for the trouble. You know, it was like so troublesome. No way. We're, we're a conduit for God's kingdom work, and you are a conduit. For God's kingdom. That means how bloated you are makes a difference. That means as God blesses you richly, don't tax it so much. Be a good charity. We need to raise up our church to be people who are, and I'm not saying about just giving money to church. That's not it. I'm talking about using your resources for good works and kingdom work, because we are a charity. We landed on a very simple method that was introduced by John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, and uh, we talked about make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. And save all you can is not what you think it is. So you can catch that sermon um, last week. Now, if you think last week was tough, we're going to step it up a notch because wisdom is not one for easy roads. Uh, you'll remember I began the sermon by saying, take out your wallet and put your hand on it. Well, today we're doing the phone. Yeah, how many people like literally take their phone with you when you leave the house? Everyone, right? And so right now, take your phone and put your hand on your phone the entire Sermon. Hey, come on. I know you have your phone with you. In fact, 50% already have your hand on the phone. Already. <laughs> yeah. And then if you thought, last week I asked you to give your wallet to the person next to you. My goodness. There were some people like, I don't mind giving my wallet. It's like empty. Give it to somebody. But if I ask you to give your phone, unlock your phone, and give it to someone next to you, now you're nervous, right? In fact, you're like... I'd rather give it to a complete stranger than my wife who's sitting next to me. <laughs> you know, like it's so close to our heart, right? My goodness, if somebody could look through our phone, if we could give, if we give our phone, if somebody takes our phone, wow, not only could they see everything, they could change stuff. I, I feel like there would be some of us more nervous about giving our phone away than our wallet. But today's topic is the phone. And it's the phone because God wants us, uh, we take our phone with us because we want to be connected. 
right? So if you think about it, hey, why did you take your phone out today? Well, you know, you, you, need, you need to be connected. Maybe you want to reach people. You want to be able to hear about things that, that come on. You want to be connected with the news, with social media. You want to figure out what the weather is like. So you want to be connected to the weather bureau, right? Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about connection. We're going to ask the question just to orient us. So this is the one line for today. We're going to come back to it. But who speaks wisdom into your life? Who speaks wisdom into your life? And we're going to take it from a slightly different angle um, because we're actually going to look at the concept of reasonableness. Did you know that as we were studying wisdom, and this whole year we're doing wisdom, that reasonableness is one of the qualities of wisdom. Reasonableness. But wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. It's open to reason, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Or Philippians 4 verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everybody. The Lord is at hand. It, the Greek word for reasonableness, there's a few words that are translated as reasonable. The uh, one is the dialogomai, lego um, being I say. So that's kind of where we get dialogue from. Right? So if you're reasonable, that means you're open to like, people dialoguing with you. Right? Um, or eupathies, which is you're persuadable, you're open to reason. You're like, hey, I'm a wise person. If you're wise, you're teachable. You can be influenced. You're in dialogue with others. Wow, really? Yeah. Why is that? Because we as human beings can't know everything. Right? So if you want to grow wiser, if you want to be wise, you've got to actually connect above yourself. We're all a little bit like that story of the blind man with the elephant, right? We can't. Like, however big we stretch our arms, we can't see the whole thing. So we need others. We also, we grow and we learn. So where, whatever stage you are at, there's things that you're going to learn in the next 10 years that your 10-year self right now doesn't know, right? So we all need to grow and learn. Wisdom allows for that dialogue. Wisdom allows us to be teachable. That's the reason why you have a phone, because you... You want to learn or have some kind of input into your life. So the phone is connecting you, I don't know, with the internet, the world, the Instagram, the TikTok, whatever it is, right? So that you can get gold information from TikTok. That's the reason why you carry it. But hey, uh, not, not, not serious, by the way. Okay, but have you ever met a person who's not open to reason? Have you met somebody who they fix their mind on something and they're like utterly convinced, you don't even talk to me about it because my mind is made up. Don't even discuss it. I, I know there's some of you uh, and you're thinking, my goodness, that is my parents. <laughs> that is 
that is Christianity right there. Like, I, I'm trying to have a conversation about why Christianity is so outdated and all oh, kind of right, but I can't even dialogue about the faith because they're so fixed. They, they don't, they're not going to hear my opinion of things and I followed this YouTuber and they left the faith and I'm trying to talk to my parents about it, but they're, no. So firstly, I'd like to apologize because that is not what Christianity is about. Christianity actually is open to reason. Would you believe that? Open to reason. The Christian faith survives and invites reason. I don't know if you realize that. Our faith is a reasonable faith. Let's look at some Bible verses. 1, Timothy, uh, 1 Peter 3, 13 to 16. Uh, now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good, right? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you would be blessed. So have no fear of them, nor be troubled about people who like ask you difficult questions or persecute you or whatever it is. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. This is Peter, the founder of the church, saying this. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a what? A reason for the hope that is in you. That means you're going to have to be prepared as a Christian to give reasons. Yet do it with gentleness and with respect. Don't like bash people up with the Bible or like lord it over them, right? Acts, Acts 17, 2 to 3. And Paul, uh, another apostle, Paul went in as was his custom. He's always doing this. On the, on the three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from Scripture. Wow, did you know we're a reasonable faith? You're supposed to be having reasoning, dialoguing questions as a Christian. Acts 17, 17. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and the marketplace every day with those who were there. Reasoning is a big part of our faith. It, it's our step into wisdom, actually. It turns out that humans can be influenced. I don't need to tell this generation about that because, my goodness, influencers are being paid too much nowadays. But humans can be influenced because we don't know everything. So we invariably, every single one of us, relies on counsel. What bag do I buy? What, what food should I eat? Whatever it is, we, we rely on counsel. This is the reason why we must be careful about who we get counsel from, because it will actually affect us. Did you know, I love how, how one pastor put it, it was by reasoning that the world was ruined. It was by counsel that we were led astray by Satan himself who masked himself and came alongside and gave us advice, gave us counsel, gave Adam and Eve. Hey, did you know? Let me, let me give you counsel. Let me influence you. 
And it was by that counsel and that influence that the world was ruined. Influence, conversations, dialogue, my goodness, they have a big impact on us. So let's just be really clear. And I know I'm not going to land on this for a, a while because today's topic is something else. But the best counsel comes from God. And I, I want to make this very, very, very clear, right? So Isaiah 11 verse 1 talks about how the spirit of wisdom rests upon God. Isaiah 9 verse 6 talks about how one of Jesus' names is Wonderful Counselor. What a contrast that is from Satan who is a terrible counselor. We're actually going to spend more than a month after Easter. Here's a heads up. But after Easter, we're going to take a month and a bit on a series called The Fear of the Lord. And the one line for that is to put God first, right? And so we're going to be spending time in prayer. We're just, I'm so excited. We're working out some things for worship. We're going to actually try to orient ourselves so that we're hearing from God directly because we need our own personal direct relationship with God and His Word, and His Holy Spirit that has been given to us. That is, that goes without saying, all right? And we're going to take a lot of time to delve into it. Um, the Bible actually says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So in our wisdom series, we're going to spend a lot of time on fear of the Lord, right? Isaiah 48, 17 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you and leads you in the way you should go. But I want to, if I could, for the rest of today, put that out there, say that we're going to be doing it, but I want to take us in a slightly different direction. Because we are the filter for the voice of God in our lives. We are the, so it is possible, and I, I don't want to shock too many people here, but it is possible for you to grow up in a Pentecostal church like this and literally not be connected to anybody else and say, this is what the Lord said to me. This is God. And then we're all wrong because we heard God wrong, or we're in a bad place in our life, or going through some real tough thing, we're distant from God. And we feel like, oh, God is telling me things, but you're wrong. Or so much is going on in your life, and God's small, still voice is so silent that you miss it, and you need a friend, or you need a leader to shake you out of that. Or it's maybe like uh, Samuel uh, with, um, with Eli, his mentor. He hears the voice of God, but he doesn't even know it. And he requires somebody to say, hey, go back. That is God speaking to you. So I want to actually spend the time on us as the filter for the voice of God in our own lives. Okay, if I could. Because have you ever thought about Adam and Eve? Have you thought about Adam and Eve? Because they could hear the literal voice of God. These are Adam and Eve, what we read of them in the Bible, is they actually had a pretty good relationship with God. It, they don't turn to sin because they hate God, you know. They're like, things are going well. 
turns out who they listen to and who influences them has the ability to even unanchor them from hearing from God, unanchor them from being close to God. How did that happen? They got to watch who their phone is connected to. They have to watch whose other voices they're listening to. So I don't want to detract away from you personally hearing from the voice of God. That is absolutely crucial. But Adam and Eve personally heard from the voice of God. They also heard from other influences. And it filtered how they hear from God. It colored, it made them doubt the voice of God. It shaped, it colored that voice of God. So I want to ask you, who speaks wisdom into your life? We are, we are the sum total of the influences that are around us. I don't know if you know this, but, but we, human beings, we are imitators. We learn by imitating other people. That's why like yawn is contagious. Or when somebody laughs, somebody, like I find myself sometimes I'm at a party, I'm laughing at a joke. I don't even understand the joke. I'm laughing because everybody's laughing. Like, ah! Somebody asks you or my wife, like, why are you laughing? I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> See, you don't know why you're laughing because that wasn't even that funny a joke. But we are influenced by the people around us. We learn by watching. There have been studies where people of the same DNA, twins, grow up in different countries and they grow up to be different people with different values. How is that? Because who we connect with affects us way more than you think. So... We're going to ask the question today, who speaks wisdom into your life? Your phone? So think of your phone, your hands on your phone, right? Who's your phone connected to? Who's your phone connected to? When you go out and you want to have a whole bunch of connections, you want to allow people to, to message or affect you or influence you from the outside, who's on that phone, right? As an as a object lesson. There are Four kind of approaches we can take with uh, this reasonableness and connection with people. All right, so reasonable is dial, uh, dialogo, right? So it's like a dialogue. Who are we dialoguing with? The first kind of view you could have is you could say, you know what? I am an island. All the people who are influencing me, they're useless. I know best. And I don't want to stereotype, so apologize. I'll apologize in advance for the stereotype, but I've been pastoring for a very long time, and I'm, I myself am becoming a little bit like this, so I feel like I can make fun of my own stereotype. But there is literally the Asian guy who knows everything. The old Asian guy, oh yeah, this is how I would run the whole country. This is how we should do it. Oh, this is, oh, this is what's wrong. This, my children should do this, this. And they just sit by themselves having figured out the whole world. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like that. So that's why I can, I can say that. My wife's always like telling me, hey, <laughs> you're not God or whatever, right? You know, like you're not. But we can get to a position like that where we think, I know better than this, whoever it is running the state, running the country. I know better than the, the, the worship person or the kids leader or whatever else it is. We can become an island 
Proverbs 12 verse 15 says this, the way of a fool is right in its own eyes. But a wise man listens to advice. So part of that road to reasonableness and wisdom is that actually you're allowing people to give advice into your life. And you're not just an island by yourself of your own opinions of things that you think should be done and are right in the world. Secondly, you could have this view. Hey, you know what? I'm actually going through a lot right now, and it's a very difficult life that I live. So I'm just going to surround myself with people who exude positive, affirming energy to me. That's what I want. People around on my phone, in my circle of influence, who basically tell me I'm the best person. And whatever I've decided, that's it. They're going to support me 100% because if your friends aren't your supporters, then who's going to be your supporters, right? I have none of those, but it's okay. (laughs) You know, but we could, we could actually surround ourselves by supporters. Even in the Bible, there were like these kings who, there was this king who, who surrounded himself with people who just were his mates and were not, he was not listening to the tough advice that was uh, outside. That's why I love being in a multi-generational church where you've got people saying things uh, from different context. I love being in relationship with my mom and dad and having them around in church, right? Because my mom is my greatest supporter, maybe, but most definitely not my greatest agreer. <laughs> right? Um, and Proverbs 27, 6 says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. That means that actually your friends should be the ones who can say to you, you really need to do this difficult thing. Hey, this thing that you're doing wrong, they need to give you wise, godly counsel. They need to be the ones who actually come up to you and contradict maybe what you're just thinking by yourself. Because you're not an island and you shouldn't surround yourselves with friends who just agree with everything that you do. You could have worldly counselors. That's the other thing that you could be connected with, right? You could have worldly counselors. And I mean, obviously you know where this is going. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be deceived, actually. Bad company ruins good morals. Did you know, how do you know if something that you're doing is reasonable or not reasonable, right? Because we're in the area of wisdom. We're not talking about actually God's black and white commandments or anything like that. We're in the area of what's wise to do, what's not wise to do. So you're trying to figure out what's reasonable, what's not reasonable. It turns out if your test, your litmus test of people for what is reasonable are people who are lukewarm in their faith. They're not sold out for God. They are, uh, have other different agendas in life. It turns out actually that continued company and influence with them 
can affect your morals. And you could grow up to be somebody that if you met the younger version of yourself, the younger you, would actually have never done the things or will never even consider doing the things that you're now doing as an older person. But over time, your morals have shifted because of influence. Now, I'm not saying don't have non-Christian friends. My goodness, we need to affect the world that is around us. We do. What we're talking about is about people who can speak or influence your life. It's like Adam and Eve giving the phone to Satan or worldly influence. Colossians 2 verse 8 says, see to it that no one, it's our responsibility to see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human traditions. According to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. That means we have to be watchful of actually how much we consume of the world's value system. I, I, I like uh, Emma, um, we have this like readers group, right? And we're all sharing uh, books that we read and, and, and Emma uh, is on there and she quoted from a book that we uh, three of us read together and it said if an average person touches their phone 2,000 something times a day did you know that? Imagine if we took a percentage of how much of those phone interactions were godly versus how much of those phone interactions were worldly like that's a that's a wise question for us to ask ourselves one of the rules that I've got um, in my own personal life is I try when I wake up in the morning before I actually do any internet scrolling of any other kind of thing, right? And it's a struggle. I've got to try very hard to do this, is I do my devotion first. Allow God first to be the, th the first thing that I read. It's not very hard. You can literally pull up your phone and go straight to the Bible and just read something. Then you're like, okay, at least something has been read, right? I, I, I like to go down and have my half-boiled eggs or whatever it is. But you, we need to pay attention to what kind of counsel or influence we have that sometimes comes to us from our phone. Because it's possible that we have worldly counselors. We listen to worldly TikTokers or, or worldly things, right? And lastly... A way that we could be connected is that we could surround ourselves with wisdom. And as you know, um, Proverbs 13.20 says this, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. That word walk means live. Whoever lives or does life with is a, is a good sort of modern-day translation for that. Um, here's where it all will land. Working together as a church, doing life together as a church, strengthens 
our godly connections. I know you're thinking it's Volunteer Sunday and oh wow, the church needs a lot of things. We'll be okay. You know why? At FGA, we'll just let the quality drop. It's fine. Honestly, if Hubert can serve in our church, anyone can, like, our quality standard can be anything. Yeah, it has since improved. It has since improved. But what I'm trying to say is, let's just be really clear about the kind of church we are and what we're trying to do, all right? Because we're trying to create an environment where you're spending time with, you're working together with, you're doing life together with people who can give you godly connections and godly advice. How hard do you think it is to be able to build a kind of friendship over years where somebody can yank you off course of something that you've got your mind and your heart set towards, but it's bad for you? How hard do you think that is? You better have a really good friend. You better have somebody who really, really knows you can speak the truth into your life to be able to stop you for some of us who are very strong-willed before we fall off a cliff. How does that happen? It happens when we work together, when we do life with. Because it turns out that proximity and practice are huge in terms of influence. Satan had to be near and talking to Adam and Eve. It turns out the people that you regularly chat with have an influence. I know every now and then I, I chat with people and they, they wonder, they question the model of church even. And they go, you know what? Why is it that Sunday service and other ministries take up so much time? Shouldn't we just make it more efficient and then, you know, play a video or do something, right? So then we're all free to do amazing kingdom work. Let me tell you, if we free up everybody's time, it's not amazing kingdom work that gets done, okay? It's amazing Korean dramas that get watched. If we're really honest about life, okay? One of the greatest things you can be doing is involving your time and within limits. And I'm not trying to say like, overkill this but having a good balance where a significant part of your life is working and doing life together with godly influences. Some of which are not exactly the same as you, right? Some of which are a generation above you or maybe a generation below you. I'm, I hope that FGA, our barriers for entry, for serving in any way are not so onerous that you can't. I hope today that you caught from the testimonies that actually you can have chaos going on in your life and you can still walk side by side in ministry with somebody at church. That your own children can be serving in kids' ministry. Or we had a, like a, how old was Isaac when he was first playing the drums? Seven-year-old drummer. That's the kind of church we are, Right? Because there is something that happens when you, as part of being the body of Christ, work together with godly other people in the body of Christ. So I, I want to end with like a personal testimony um, of my life because I've seen this play out in my own life. I have learned through serving. 
some of my biggest influences in life. And that's not to say like I'm not, I was not out in the world. Like I went to uni in the world. I worked outside in the world where I got many other friends. I've got a, I head up a Disney fan group in Melbourne full of people who don't go to church, right? Like, but the biggest influences in my life came from church and from this church that I was planted in. I was given responsibility from young to affect people's lives so that not only was I asking the question, who speaks wisdom into my life? I had to think, what kind of wisdom am I speaking into someone else's life? That is a good question for young people to ask. Because we all know you learn sometimes by teaching. What has happened to me over these 27 years that I've been here at FGA is I've now made friendships that have influenced and shaped my lives that are actually, I'll tell you now, if I'm really, really honest, they're a louder influence. They're a louder influence in my life than the world. Sometimes it's only one word from Pastor Roland. Sometimes it's just a chat with Rog. Sometimes it's even just Kit coming up after service. Whatever it is, we've had a, such a long history together. That's something we need to build. And it doesn't get built by efficient running services where you pop in and you can get it all done in one and a half hours and you leave and you're like, hey, maybe there's a faster way to do this kind of a thing. Because actually what we're trying to do is create opportunities like the very body itself try opportunities where it's connected, where we're like right next to each other and you discover you're working with a foot, but you're a hand and it's really tricky, but actually the body needs a foot and a hand, right? So I just wanna end with this. Sorry, I, I, I love our intimate interfering church because our connections create accountability. You have to give reasons why you didn't show up. Why are we at like an 18.30 thing? You didn't show up. What? It's got to sound reasonable. That, hey, you have a Christian, 25 years, and you're not out reaching God for the kingdom? Is that reasonable? That's not reasonable. And if you surround yourself, like if you hang out with my mom, she'll be scolding you about how much Bible you read, Right? Is it reasonable that you read more Facebook than the Bible? Whatever, whatever the question is. If you surround yourself with godly counsel, they will ask you reasonable questions. And wisdom is open to reason. Godly reason. And we all need to think about that. And we're today, with Volunteer Sunday... Honestly, going to try as much as we can to kickstart some involvement from you so that you can work side by side someone else who can be a godly influence in your life. That's our real agenda, actually. Because it's, it's worked so well. It's produced good fruits. So let's pray. Father, Thank you so much for this body of Christ, this church that you have placed us in. I pray, Lord God, as we navigate the world of influences and connections, as we connect all over the place, that you would strengthen our connections with godly counsel.
that you would help us to build solid, wise counsel into our lives so that we can be led closer to you. Help us to be a wise counsel to those around us, Lord. Give us opportunities to talk with those that are older than us, those that are younger, those that we're working alongside. I pray, Lord, as a church, that you would make us strong in our connections, that the culture even of FGA would be one where your kingdom overrides whatever secular culture is. We commit all of this into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, uh, we're now going to do something really, really practical. So I'm going to invite Quinton up. Uh, we're going to say bye to the uh, REACH group. And Quinton's going to lead us in our practical volunteer Sunday. That's right. Hey,